Hey. What's up, Justin? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. And uh, I know that you've been going through craziness and the whole world is going through craziness. This is like yeah. uh, zombies walking dead. This is like crazy, crazy times. I think um, half my craziness is directly related to the world's craziness. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a really okay. bad time to be a digital nomad. <laughs> I'll just say that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, on the good side, since it's been two weeks, I have managed to sleep 75 hours. I have gone out for five runs and I've wow. worked out three times at the park. Oh my gosh. Crushing all my goals, but it's kind of cheating since I had an extra week to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was oh, your one week's goals. I see. Yes. Yes. Well, by next call, I think is, is what I said. But uh, uh, yeah, so that and just dealing with a, a bunch of um, well, I'll just, I'll just say it really quickly, I guess. So my, my two issues, one is, residency right now uh you can't basically you can't be a digital nomad in anywhere around east asia or most places probably so i have been scrambling to get uh residency in taiwan because this is where i spend most of my time and it was should have been just about impossible but i think i think i'm gonna do it because there's uh um there is a short list of uh basically startup and entrepreneurial incubators that can get you fast-tracked for an entrepreneur visa. And one of them yeah. uh, reached out and has sponsored me, the uh, Bureau of Counselor Affairs, I believe it's called, accepted the application. So I don't have it back yet. I don't have the visa in my hand, but by next week I should, and then I can use that to get residency. So that's dealt with. Uh, well, it's 70% dealt with. Then the crazy thing is Chase Bank just shut down my account 10 days ago, stranded me without a bank account or card, and it was like unopenable. And I have spent so many hours on hold, trying so many different things, talking to so many people uh, who have more insight into it than I do. And amazingly, the bureaucratic maze has been conquered, and I now have my debit card on me here in Taiwan working again as opposed to a new debit card mailed to my grandma's house in Colorado. So I'm very, both of those are fantastic. I mean, so it sounds like you're solving some, some major problems. You're you, this is, this is like Elon Musk level problem solving. This, the bank thing is the hardest thing I've dealt with in, in recent memory. And it's kind of sad because it's just, you know, reading and waiting on hold and trying various con- creative strategies to get through. But ultimately, yeah, it worked. And so to recap, basically, they shut your because of some family stuff, um, your bank account accidentally by no fault of your own, but but not accidentally through something that happens in America, ended up being closed. And then you needed to work out how and that was the bank account that was capturing all the money for for um, it was Alchemist camp. Hooked- it was hooked up to Stripe. Stripe. It was hooked up to <coughs> my debit card that I used to get money. And there's for like no like way you can rent. create a new a new bank account from from where you are. So not, normally, no, not an American one. Well, so I how did. did you? So tell me, well, how did you do okay, this, so, this feat of magic? So so what happened was um, my bank account had my grandmother's name on it, and she is now very old, has a guardian, like a court appointed guardian, who went into the bank with papers that said shut down everything with her name on it. Cause she didn't even like think about it or realize this was my main bank account. 
and my grandmother didn't even use it, which is convenience that she was on it. Um, so I, I tried really hard to get that opened again. I talked to the banker who shut it down and uh, basically, yeah, he just went through more and more channels and I explained to him like, look, like if the bank account is closed and I don't have access to money and I have to travel back to the US, I can't come back to Taiwan with where my startup incubator is, where my friends are, where my apartment is, um, because only residents can, can travel now into, the, into uh, Taiwan. And not only that, but I can't go home to my family's place because I have an 85-year-old grandmother there and I don't have anywhere else to live in the US right now. And it's in the middle of a pandemic. Pandemic, so like you, you like you really don't want to do this to your customer, right? <laughs> and uh, um, that plus a lot of time spent on hold and sending in requests, lots of channels. He finally was able to uh, put through some transaction to reopen it, and that failed. Hmm. And hmm. then um, you know I, I just tried again and was able to open an account online, which you normally can't do because of uh, know your customer regulations related yeah. to the Patriot Act. But since I had been with Chase for so long and it was an extraordinary situation, they, they were able to flag something. So the account just opened and opening that account created a new debit card automatically and closed my old debit card again, which they had managed to get reopened even though they didn't get the account open. <laughs> and then that was impossible to reopen. And eventually I was basically just left with make a viral social media plea. And mm -hmm. you talked to me last week about, you know, how I might structure that, like what, what I would write, say to on Hacker News or, you know, post on YouTube, Reddit, Twitter. And I was just about to do it. I was, I was hours away from launching it. <laughs> and the banker uh, that closed the account knew I was working on this. And I, maybe that was extra motivation. That I'm might guessing. have been enough to take yeah. him over the edge. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just him. It was like his boss's boss's boss. Like it was. So there's a crazy so, thing so, how hard it is to reopen an account. Or so the to threat, card. just the threat of that publicity, made them think, "Oh, let's just sort this guy's case out." I yeah. I mean, I I wasn't even threatening. I was just saying, like, I really need this, and uh, I am not. I'm not going to go away, and I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to try to get in touch with anyone who can cut through the bureaucratic maze. Um, yeah. And eventually um, it's almost, almost everything is okay now. Like I have a new account, but with my old card, which is on my person. And the only thing I've lost is I guess 12 years of banking records <laughs> since I can't Just access that. the old one, <laughs> but uh, um, I can still do my Great. taxes. Well, congratulations so. on, on a solve. That's awesome. And yeah. um, then the the immigrant immigration stuff. I mean, you've pulled a, another rabbit out of the hat by by getting in contact with a, with a, 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 a they're like a an incubator. Are they? What are they? Uh, like a? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the same thing. It's it's not it's like, like Y Combinator. No, yeah. it's it's probably closer to Idea Lab. <laughs> yeah, like they, okay. They incubate entrepreneurs. They don't mm -hmm. take any equity, but they uh, they take fees. And they have a co-working space, which is obviously not a big draw right now, but uh, they, they help you with your startup and they help you with uh, 
um, setting up local companies and stuff like that. So, and that's, that's something I'll probably want to do as all I, I like Alchemist camp isn't incorporated in Taiwan or anything. And I'll probably, I'll probably do that at some point. All right. So it's cool. So those are two wins. So then moving on to what I'm looking at on your screen here, it says start watch, track your side projects as they grow. And this, and with it, with the Alchemist camp logo, is this a new product? No, this has been going for a while and it's, <coughs> uh, it was kind of like a, I guess it's technically a product, but it was, it was a project I did while teaching stuff on Alchemist camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. It goes out and it checks how many YouTube subscribers and videos and views and Twitter followers and what Alexa rank you have mm-hmm. every day. Okay. So I can just like, see where I've been over time and I, I use it for myself, but I also kind of keep an eye on some of my competitors and uh, I discovered a kind of cool thing through it. And that is a channel that my friend runs or my friend's friend runs um, hasn't been posting many videos. In fact, nothing in months and he's still gaining about 150 subs a month. And Mm -hmm. I looked through at what's in his channel and he has two topics basically. He teaches Elixir, which is the thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bunch of stuff on Ansible. And mm-hmm. looking at the view counts on it, I realized all his Elixir videos are about, you know, 150, maybe, you know, 400 at the most views. Mm-hmm. And his Ansible tutorials are averaging about 5,000 views each. <laughs> so that was yet another reminder that I am in a tiny, tiny niche. <laughs> Well, but that's also could be part of, I mean, you know, you could be a niche builder, you know, so you could be the person that popularizes Elixir and makes it um, something that becomes a much bigger thing, just like DHH was with, you know, Ruby and Rome. Well, he, he made it, but yeah, yeah I, I think, I think I am um, a substantial enough contributor that I am probably a, a small lift, like, you know, mm-hmm. 0.1% or something. But if you get, if you write a couple of great blog posts, you know? Blog posts, yes. Yeah. Well, right right now, I'm just posts. providing tutorials. So, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is about lifting Elixir in the public mindset. You know, getting more people to want to know about it. Yeah. You you know what I really think moves the needle, and what did it for Rails, is people using it and making something, and then making money from the thing. You know, more people like uh, Arvid Call, the feedback panda guy, who got to 55k a month mm-hmm. in under two okay. years using Elixir. Like, I think that kind of win <coughs> inspires people, but mm. maybe, maybe a cool blog post. Yeah. Um, so want to, want to hear my updates? I do. I like, I, I know one thing you went into like hero scalability problem solving mode. I did. Tell me what that's about. Wasn't that last week? Like everyone was online. So like the, the conferencing uh, was overloaded and you had to do something to scale it. Hmm. I know not of which you speak, but that's oh. the problem with my brain. It's like, it's not very good. I'm, I'm not very good at recalling sequential events from memory um, like that. All right. Um, so but, you, you tell me then what's, what's, but what's I've, the... I've forgotten what that might've been, but um, if I probably, as we talk about it, I'll remember it. Um, as we just talk through stuff, I'll probably go, oh, yeah, that's what you were talking about. But uh, let me just uh, quickly open up what the goals were. 
uh, what did I say? Um, basically, if my blood sugar was to stay in range for 90%, that was my one goal. And my other goal was um, on task flow to create, um, to, to finish the now screen, um, which is like the, the current task, and to finish um, the other screens like next wins um, and these and sort of expanded views, medium views and compact views. And I can show you that. Um, I'll do a little screen share and I know this isn't great for the people listening on podcast, but I'll try and talk it through. Um, yeah, me too. Um, how is the blood sugar? Yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's have a quick look at that. So, um, wait, oh, zooms floating, uh, tools always get in the way exactly <laughs> always get in the way it's so annoying <laughs> um so let's just start. first of all have a look at the, the blood sugar so <clears throat> i had an interesting experience where so i've been eating the exact same thing i've been doing the same thing <coughs> sorry <coughs> i've been basically using that chop foundation salad thing and um basically uh, sticking with that, but at some point, my numbers started skyrocketing. Skyrocketing again, really? my blood sugar numbers started skyrocketing again, and I was like, "Okay, why is this happening?" And the only real change that I'd made, well, there, there was two two possibilities. One was that I switched to, um, I guess, an older an older med that might have been out of date, you know, metformin, hmm. and the other one was I started eating. Um, more cheese and egg, more fat, basically just bringing oh, more fat into okay. the diet. And so the theory goes is that the fat uh, sort of stops the stops insulin from working. It's an insulin blocker. And when you've got type two diabetes, if you have a lot of fat floating around in your blood, it's basically gumming up the insulin mechanism. So I, I switched both. I, I stopped eating fat and I um, uh, switched to a more recent metformin and my numbers went back to how they were. So, so, I, so I need to run a test to just sort of go, okay, now I'm just going to switch to the old metformin to see if it was that. And then another test where I'm just going to switch to the fat. So I'm going to. Doesn't, doesn't cheese have lactose in it or is it like no yeah, carbs, it could, just it, all fat? It, it does have carbs. It does have lactose and, and it could, it could well be, maybe that's like an inflammation response to dairy or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, um, but anyway, so my well, I didn't keep. So first of all, if if we go ahead and, and change the settings here, uh, so we're looking. At, we're currently looking at at the chart, my my two week chart on um, Clarity on Dexcom dot com, and I've set it to a high. I'm being strict with myself on this chart. I've actually set it to between seventy and one eighty versus uh -huh. seventy and two hundred, which is what we were looking at before. So I'm just going to quickly set it to seventy and two hundred. Those are just the bounds on the. But they're, they're the bounds of like or, where you because my, remember my goal was to stay ninety percent. That's uh, what this yeah that yeah. refers to yeah. Gotcha. So goal was to stay in ninety percent. So if I go and have a look at the reports so, there, so ninety percent of the time under two hundred. Yeah, ninety percent. So I have I if you look if you look at my charts right here, you can see over the last two weeks, literally the last fourteen days, eighty nine percent in range. Um, Close. Yeah, which is which is close to ninety percent in range of two hundred, but I am changing those goals because um, I've since found out that the healthiest range that the, the range that they consider the healthiest for diabetics is to be between seventy and one eighty. Hmm. 
So that's my new goals. Now, if you look over the last two weeks, I've been 70, 70% in range of those goals. And I think part of that is because I had that, that midweek, that sort of midsection where it just, the fat just went high. Yeah. yeah. Is, I yeah. think 160 is still less than your average was when you first showed this to me. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, after, if we, I mean, after your first successful week of this diet, I think even that week was higher than this one. Yeah. So, so let's go. Um, yeah. So that goes to April 1st. So let's just look back. So, uh, wait. March 19. So I want to end. So let's say I'll do 12 to 19. So I'm just flipping, stretching the, switch, uh, the, the switches. Uh, that was 155. Mm. So, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, so the week before was 155. Um, but, but anyway, if we look over the last 30 days and bring some of the bad data in there, you know, it's 160. But, yeah. Um, well, it's but, been a month since you told me about this diet now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so, would say I'm, I'm optimistic. So, so basically this number here, which is, which says a glucose management indicator, which is 7.1%, 7.1%, which is essentially the equivalent of an A1C. So a diabetics get an A1C test and that's how they really are considered where the, the scale that they're considered on. So it's an A1C. An A1C is essentially that it's, it sort of works out the average percent of, um, of, I'm not sure what the metric is, but it's, it looks at like a sort of a, a three month period of how much blood sugar you've had in your system. And somehow there's like echoes. There's, they do this test that somehow they discover the echoes in your biology and it can say, okay, over the last three months, you've had this much sugar go through your system. I don't know how they do that, but that's what they do. Um, and that's specifically called an A1C test. And, um, ideally you want to be between five and six. So, so the perfect number is sort of between a five and a six. I last time I got tested was 10.5, which Whoa. is like double where it should be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I look at my last 14 days um, of this, I'm on a 7.1. So I'm definitely going in the right direction towards that, that five to six. And if I get below six, I'm like, I'm a normal range. So, yeah, as I said, I think this is awesome. Like you're still at it a month later. The, yeah. the thing I always wonder about this kind of diet is like, how is the compliance side for you? Like, is it hard for you to stick to this? Is it because you're, you know, you're looking at the numbers and kind of like sticking to the diet out of terror or, or is it just a minor effort or is it almost just habit now? It's just a it's just a really minor effort. It's just it's just the hack that I've been looking for that works so well. It's like that that soylent hack, you know. It's it's like I'm just thinking of of this this big mix, this this salad mix is like soylent. I'm just like it's just the foundation of every meal I have, and I can make it taste different by just throwing in a few different ingredients. So it feels like I'm eating something different every time, but at the same time, it's just this constant uh, flywheel of good roughage slash nutrients yeah. going through my system. So you've, you've kind of replaced some willpower with knowledge, which is really cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but look, you, you've been following me for like, you've, you've listened to the, you've listened to 10 years worth of podcast on texting I have. and you, and you know, for a fact <laughs> that I have tried, I mean, a like a hundred different things. And I, and, and the, the, you know, the running joke is, yeah, 
you know, it's fun listening to Justin try these new things because none of them are going to work and he's going to continue to be in, de- you know, in denial and fool himself about not being able to make this change. And, and he's just going to continue, he's just going to continually be a screw up. And that's the joke, you know, that's the joke. But the funny thing is, is I've always said to Jason, one, I'm going to try so many fucking things that I'm going to find something that works. <laughs> All right. Well, congrats. <laughs> and so this is the thing. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm set now. Now I don't probably even need to talk about it anymore other than to tell you, um, you know, I got down to seven. Uh, my weight, I weighed myself the lowest between the last time I spoke to you is um, 214, 214.8. Nice. And that's not even your main goal. Like that's just a side yeah. effect. Yeah, it's a side. it used to be a goal, but it's not a goal right now. But 214.8 is unthinkable given that within the last 10 years i haven't been able to get below 220 you know when i first came to america i was 250 then i put some effort in i lost 30 pounds but i've never been able to get below 220 and you're like six one six two six one yeah six one yeah Yeah. so um you know i'm i'm just gonna stick with it i'm i'm excited about it i don't want to like carp too much about it because i know it might be a boring subject you know, but well, um, let, let's have let's still have like quick updates and maybe uh, you know harp <laughs> about it a bit if you get your average under one fifty or if you get your average under one forty. Yeah, I think like that's little good. milestones. Good yeah, and obviously, you know, the next one is if I get my weight to two ten, that is completely unthinkable. The last time I was at two ten was twenty years ago. You know, like that is that it would be astonishing, and so then so. 210 and then 200 and then i'm gonna actually look like a different person i'll probably look like i used to look you know when i wasn't fat (laughs) (laughs) there's 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 like a tipping point when when like i guess when if i got below 200 say to 229 to 190 then all of a sudden my face my head instead of look like looking like a football will look more like just a regular person's head (laughs) 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 so that's going to be kind of interesting very interesting that's the dream (laughs) that's that that's the dream not look like a football. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy being a little bit more footballed out. My my face <laughs> is pretty narrow if I'm if I'm lean. Um, so just a quick recap on on task flow. Um, so where? Let me just show you what I've done. I've I obviously had two weeks. Actually, the first week I didn't do much. I just did about two hours work, and I got a lot of what you're about to see done in a couple of hours. But then the second week, I mean, I've been slammed with work. But I've, I've actually got this now. I've got a real database in existence now. So I'm just starting to build it out. So this is the web. Remember I said there's two different types of pages. There's web pages yeah. and app pages. Well, I've done, for example, you know, terms. You know, um, That's always a nice thing to do. Privacy, uh, contact. Um, then, oh, by the way, I'm going to make that email address. Hello at taskflow.co. Hello. Uh, okay. Hello at taskflow.co. And then... Um, this is my to-do marketing site. Cool, cool. <laughs> you know, so there's a whole marketing site to do. Then I've got this, I put this little uh, toggler so that you could, so um, what I'm showing now is that anywhere on any page, you can switch between light mode and dark mode. Um, and I'm going to do that on the marketing site just because, just because I can. Um, and then I am made a login page. So here's a simple login page that I'm showing now. And I got the forgot password stuff to work. You know, just the basics. And that's super easy to get working because I already have it done on a bunch of other projects. So now I'm going to log in. I'm just showing you the login. So you use Laravel, right? 
Yeah, Laravel. And they have so they, they have a login like a what is it they call it like a they've got some auth thing. I I you don't use it. I look I look. It's been a big stretch to use Laravel, <laughs> but I don't. You if if it takes me longer than like a minute to understand how their thing works, then I just I'm going to code it up and just you know an hour or whatever because I I want to understand it deeply myself. So I I did that a while ago and it's worked perfectly. So. Um, so here, so this is the task flow page now, um, just showing you what I've done. So like the main one, we already, you already saw this is the main sort of working progress view. Um, and what I've got is I've found, a, I've got the, 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 the name of the strategy on this page. Um, so in this case, structure procrastination. Now this isn't pulling real data. This is all dumb, dumb HTML. This isn't some of the database, but I've changed the paradigm of how I've, I guess I've, um, I guess I'm, I've learned, I'm taking inspiration from Trello. Um, okay. Let's say inspiration. Well, um, I'm gonna, can I, let me just ask a question because I'm, I'm a little yeah. bit lost in this. So, um, is this the main? Like, are are you talking about the main page when people go into the app? Like the first thing they'll see? Is, no, this is this is this. this so is, basically, this page this is if here, they click a strategy. This is no, this isn't if they click a strategy. This is them working on a task, and it might be hard to understand because. It's Laura Mipsum. So, like, mm -hmm. this is my task to make a page about something. So, that's my task, and these are my subtasks. Gotcha. So, so, so they say Laura Mipsum's good because cause it, it, it takes away your emotional uh, cognitive connection to different things. So, you can just look at the design. But actually, mm -hmm. in this case, Laura Mipsum hurts because it makes it, the page ununderstandable. Um, yeah, well, it's all, it's kind of hard to understand even like the actual app just from looking at screens. Like at least for me, like I gotta I gotta be able to like click it and play with it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so so this page is um, the the now page. So I think of I think of this in the buckets of the work you're doing. You're doing work now. You're doing work soon. You know, next, and then you're doing work maybe. Mm -hmm. So this is the actually I've decided to do this now work and um, I'm working on this right now. So there's a little timer here, this little, uh, so on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a timer on the top of the screen, there's a button to toggle on and off whether the timer's running or not. And then there's a, there's a strategy that's associated with this task. So in this case, structure procrastination, it's got 76 out of a hundred. So it's quite high ranking. And then there's labels and I'm combining labels and colors here. So that this, uh, and again, the UI isn't, isn't baked, but basically I can apply labels and colors, which I, as an idea I'm get, I got from Trello, because I think that's good to, to sort of, rather than think of them as tags, think of them as labels. Yeah. So basically it's a, it's a color and or a, a word. So I can mm -hmm. basically say whatever I want and I can color it. So kill two birds with one stone. Um, so that's, that's that screen. Um, then I did the next the next twins, which this, this shows your, the things you're just about to work on in this work session. So this is, you know, you use text area to make content editable with JS, blah, blah, blah. I'm just sort of saying the same thing. Well, oh, so next wins is a, uh, like a panel of your app. I thought that was just one strategy. No strategies, strategies um, is, I haven't done this yet, but there's going to be many strategies that right, basically right. next wins is the ones that you've selected that you're about to just work on in this work session. So this is for, this uh, is the app is for the moment of work. So you, you, you start, you, you sit down to do a work session, then you look through your strategies, 
you you click through different strategies like happy wife, happy life, structured procrastination, eat the frog. And then you click a few things, you think, yeah, I, I'm going to do that one now, now, now. And then that pushes them into next wins. Okay. So eat the frog is a strategy. <laughs> yes, eat the frog. I mean, so there's going to be thousands of strategies. Like this, okay. Because many people prioritize tasks in many different ways. And the, the point about this system is you can, you can pull any of those strategies in the system and you can make up your own. And eat the frog is essentially the same, similar to structure procrastination, but it's, it's basically do the thing you hate most always okay. first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the, the work on the hate, work on the hate, get that out of the way. Um, yeah. So basically this is uh, in the next wins screen here. I'm looking at a bunch of uh, uh, tasks that I've selected and this uh -huh. is my expanded view. And then I'm going to click a medium view and then I'm going to click a, a compact view. Cool. Does that make, yeah, makes sense. And then there's going to be a search here. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I'm getting so little time to work on it because I'm slammed in the day job, really. Yeah, I, that was what I thought you were talking about with some scaling or conferencing or something about people being online, making more work. Oh, yes, that's right. You see, I told you that the more we spoke about it. Yeah. So with, so, cause I do, I'm, I've got two day jobs. One of them is with modern teacher and the other one was, is with true space. Um, and modern teacher, um, just, we just recently, so we helped school districts, um, sort of become modernized in, in terms of the way that they think about, um, education and the technology that they use. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a mental shift as well as a techno technology shift. And um, <clears throat> with the COVID stuff, we've put on webinars for teachers. And um, we, we ha we've basically had like two and a half thousand teachers come onto webinars. And that those teachers have brought in a lot more customers and districts and, and bugs for me. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's, it's basically the, you know, adding that, that many new people to our, I guess, our pipeline, um, and bringing them in. And so, yeah, so that, that day job, busy. Has, that day job. But, yeah. You know, a related thing I'm kind of curious about is, um, like, like what, like what other second order effects will we see for online marketing channels or, you know, growth channels? Cause all of my podcasts, except this one are down like 20%. So I, I get the impression people are, maybe people were mostly listening to podcasts while commuting before, something like that. Mm. And on the flip side, my video views are up. And I, I did make a couple of videos this week. That, that was not my main goal. I was just mm. trying to deal with the bureaucratic stuff, but made a couple of videos. Views are up. I'm gaining subscribers faster than normal. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe there's, there's this weird, like podcasts lose, videos win kind of dynamic, but I don't have enough, you know, enough. And how do points. you mean this podcast? What do you mean all of my podcasts and, and th this podcast? So I, I have, I have three little podcasts directly related to Alchemist Camp. Mm. Um, and, th and those three are a learning machine where I, it's all solo podcasts where I just do a monologue about, it's like a kind of like a, a verbal or not verbal, but a, a spoken blog post almost. I just do a little monologue about, mm. you know, spaced repetition or about 
so, you know, something like a memory palace, something related to learning. And then I've got one that's uh, code and bootstrapping. And most of those are monologues too, but I've done a few interviews like with, with Arvid Call and with uh, Jerry Reimer and some mm, other people. Right, yeah. And then the third one is called the Metacast, where it's, it's more like the mental model stuff. It's like something neat that I heard from somebody else's podcast. And I just extract that and share it really briefly. And that's yeah. what, why I said I'd done a, a short podcast on Lux Surface Area because I extracted that from yours. So you say this one isn't down, but is that just because our numbers were so low anyway? Um, I don't think so. Like, like the, the numbers for this one are higher than for two of the other three that I have. So what are the um, numbers for this one now? It was up to like 58 or something on Pinecast. 58 listeners? Uh, subscribers. Number of listens was like a few hundred on the How does it episodes. know how, how many subscribers? So the thing is, it doesn't. Like the reporting's really bad. Like, like I, I've had, I, I've, like when I first made podcasts, I've seen it with zero subscribers when I know my friend Liam has already subscribed. Mm. So it, it depends on what um, podcast app you're using. If you subscribe on iTunes, they'll definitely get that. If you do it on Spotify, they won't. I think if you do it on Anchor, they won't. Google Play, I'm not sure. My podcast app is called uh, Podcast Addict, just Mm. like a random Android (laughs) podcast app. Yeah. I think that pings back and reports, but I'm not sure. So, I mean, podcasts, it's really hard to tell. So I just look more at the trend. Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. so, I mean, it's... It's not the. It's not started off the same speed as uh, texting did because there are way more podcasts now, and we didn't have Peldion in episode four. But uh, <laughs> um, it is it is growing, and I, th- I think it's because uh, probably because it's more regular, hmm. okay. and it's it is like a small base. But we're like adding like at going from five episodes published to six is like a big shift. <laughs> or it's going from like 20 to 21, not so much. But yeah. um, so that's, anyway. that is essentially uh, me. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, I, again, I should probably launch a nugget batch, but I'm, I even got an, an, an email uh, from someone today saying, you know, is nugget dead? Because you like, there's been no batch for like a long time. Um, but I'm just not sure about, I don't know if it's the right time with the, maybe it is the right time because of the COVID stuff. Maybe it is the right time. You know. you, you but know at the what? same time, I don't know if I want to, if I want to take people's money in that way. Yeah. Say it. You, you, so I, I've been lazy about going through Nugget myself because there's so many other things I'm worried about. Um, but you know what did keep on pushing me to go through? Mm-mm. Is like every few days, if I hadn't done anything, I would get an email from Laura. And I th- I'm I'm pretty sure it was automated, mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, like, like, check out the next module." Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I would, and sometimes I wouldn't, and I'd get another email. Yeah. So uh, for the people that stay subscribed to your email list, like that would be that would be one way. Um, yeah. So what are you thinking I still def- about? making like a module zero that's like a broad overview just a quick entry point or 
Well, and I don't want to do anything that's going to take away from the, from the time of, of, of working on task flow. So I have minimal time to work on side projects. And yeah. I don't want to do, um, I, only, I sort of want to work smarter, not harder. Um, but by the same token, I do, th- I, I do think even though Nuggets suffer, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a version 1.0 or a version 0.1 or whatever, it does suffer from some of the stuff that we spoke about where you know, you want to do a low resolution, then a, then a, a better resolution, then a better resolution. And it just sort of starts off high resolution. I still do think it gives really, really good information and it, it gives a lot of value. So I wouldn't be opposed to opening up a batch right now, sending an email to the list and saying, hey, you know, we're starting a new batch. The issue is I might be opposed to taking the price points potentially in the COVID type situation. So maybe, maybe what I want to do is to just do like a, a COVID price point because, because the price point right now is like, it's, it's a $2,000 price point over 20 months, or you can pay like a one-time upfront 947. That's the price point right now. But that's, that seems high to me. But if I did something like, I don't know, like a 267 type concept. 267 for one time purchase? Yes, just just that's, just it's a lot lower. I mean it's it's a lot lower but we're in a different time. So people are just sort of sitting around at home right now. Maybe I should do that. Just sort of open it up for a few weeks and just say, "Look, in response to COVID, I'm just going to this is just like massively reduced." And I just Maybe 379. I don't know. Um yeah, cuz it is you have a lot of content in there. And that's, you know, that's both good and bad, but it's mostly good. <clears throat> I, I've definitely gotten more value from it than uh, like multiple other courses that I've spent like a thousand dollars on. So I, I, I do think, I do think, you know, nine, 900 upfront is a, or a thousand upfront is a lot for a lot of people. Well, you but, don't have to uh, pay, you can pay 97 per month yeah. for a period of time. Um, but I, I, yeah, I wouldn't but, slash it to a quarter. That's, but what about your extreme. customer surplus idea that you, that you spoke about in the last show? So all I'm saying yeah. is, all I'm saying is, it's COVID. All right, let's just give a lot of surplus to the to the end user for this period. I, I guess it depends. So kind of like we said, I think it depends on um, how it depends on how much of a hurry you're in to make money, and how much you want to make ultimately. Like I, I think long term you'll probably make more if you price it lower, you get tons of people going through it, and then some percentage of them get to the point where you're you know, seed investing in them or taking like a 1% advisor shares, but that's not gonna be any money for a long time, or it's not gonna be much money for a long time. Um, short term, you know, you price it high, make more money. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, like what your short term um, financial picture is like, so it's it's kind of hard to say. Uh, well, in many ways, the point of Nugget is is to um, is to help other people make money. Yeah, you know, it's it's not really it it's it's sort of to help me make money, but it's by far the main the main purpose of Nugget is wanting to help other people. But at the same time it's wanting them to take it seriously. So it's, it's sort of like a tight balance between making money, 
wanting people to take it seriously, making it affordable for them, getting them to stick to it, to do it. Um, but yeah, my main motivation with anything like that is to help other people. And that's mm. kind of like what I'm thinking about with Taskflow as well. It's to make, is to help people make better decisions in their life and to just avoid some of the, the problem, the mistakes that I keep making, you know, yeah. that I've made. Well, there, there could also be, you know, actually this, this would kind of tie up both ideas is there could also be like a simpler nugget that has maybe 10% of the information, but it's like really actionable. Um, like the first 10% you need that you sell for way less. And I know that like, you don't have time to make a new thing right now, but, Mm -hmm. um, that, that might be the ideal solution because then you've got, uh, you've got like a, a cheaper thing that widens your funnel a lot. And then you still also have more expensive thing for people who need it. But don't you think that there's, don't you think that there's an argument to be made that we're in an extraordinary time right now? There's a lot yes. of people at, at home doing nothing, looking for stuff to do. I mean, have you seen the hashtag? I'm so bored. I no. <laughs> yeah. I, well, Jimmy, I think Jimmy Fallon started this hashtag. I'm so bored. I, you know, so you just, just search for it on, on Twitter and it's just hilarious. The things that people are doing because you know, everyone like we're what three weeks into this, this like stay at home curfew thing. And like, everyone is just like, sitting upside down on their sofas, like looking, watching Netflix. And then they're so bored of Netflix. They're even watching like boring documentaries on Netflix. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think, I think this could be, you know, an interesting time to bring a whole bunch of people into Nugget um, at a low, at a low price point, just because it's not like I'm look, I mean, what, what do I lose by doing that? And it's not like I lose money. No. You know, it's, no. in fact, the it, and nobody's going to fault you for lowering your lowering your price right now. It, right, exactly. So, so maybe what I should do is 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 really really lower it, even like twenty bucks. I'm just saying, Whoa. like, get a bunch of people in. You know, just a whole wow. lot of people in doing it to help a whole bunch of people. You're going to be busy on Slack if you do that. Yeah, that's the pro. That's so again. That's a problem because I don't have much time right. to do the one-on-one support stuff, which has been a major part of Nugget. Um, yeah, maybe. So, this is the point where I, you know, I wish we had higher numbers on this show to be able to like. To I love hearing people chime in when they listen. So, yeah. So, so I, I it's kind of funny. My my buddy Liam uh, called me specifically to ask about this show. Um, and he, he wanted to know like how many people, like how much you cared about the audience and how much I cared about the audience and all that. And I said, I thought basically, um, at least for me, like anyone who's commenting at something that's relevant and useful is pretty valuable. Like even just like five regular commenters. Oh, that's been the same with texting the whole way along. Yeah. We haven't, like neither of us have really done any like focused on the audience at all though. Like as far as I know, other than like one indie hackers product page and one tweet from each of us, like there's no other link on the internet to this. <laughs> no, I know we have, we have, we for sure have, have not. Um, yeah. And I haven't finished building the site. Like that's, that's the main thing. Once I'm I done mean, with that, I'm going to tell site, my audience yeah. about it. But, but <laughs> built the site. Um, I, I think, so, so I, I, there are people listening. Um, 
Fabian, you just messaged me about it yesterday. Um, like, tell Justin what you want to say about task flow, please. People who are listening, um, just just uh, feel free to uh, join in the mastermind. Yeah, please do. Um, especially, yeah, I'm also really interested to hear people's thoughts about should I just open up Nugget to a lot of people um, yeah. and get them in. And one way that I could scale that is um, if other people were willing to take on the support burden. So, uh, you know, other more accomplished web entrepreneurs were, were able to participate in Slack. Um, yeah, that seems like a good that. question for Twitter. Yeah. Because you do have a ton of Twitter followers. Like, you'll definitely get some responses. <laughs> so, what next? So, I, I want to... I want to like throw in a couple last things on my goals yeah, or my, okay. not my goals, but my, my progress. So I'm just going to yank the screen control. Oh, please do. Yeah. And uh, you can see my, my channel has gotten a bit more traffic from the last two videos. Hmm. And those two videos I produced were both about Tailwind CSS. So one oh, was, Tailwind, yeah. Good plan, how do you yeah. set up? They're, they're both still for Elixir programmers, but one was how do you set up Tailwind CSS on Phoenix? And the other one was uh, after you've set it up, now how do you make VS Code play nicely with it and not give like, you know, squiggly underline error warnings for every, uh, you know, every Tailwind directive that isn't, you know, standard CSS syntax. And um, yeah, like it's it's definitely been... Going well. I've I've also broken fourteen hundred MRR on Stripe, so the uh, like the traffic is going up. And the thing I'm wondering about is, should I start branching? The thing I'm wondering about is, should yes. I start branching? The answer is yes. Into... Yes. Should you pick niches that are really busy and bring like ten x more people? The answer is yes. That would be a very fucking good idea. So here's here's the stuff I'm thinking of. Stuff that's uh, still like deeply in the Elixir world, like Erlang. Should I start doing some Erlang videos? Runs on the same VM. Uh, understanding Erlang will help Elixir programmers uh, debug things. Like you'll understand error messages better. Um, does that make sense? Or should I start doing like a series on Vue, a series on Tailwind, a series on um, setting up VS yes. Code, a series on VI, like all stuff that's useful for my audience, but is not super hardcore directed at them. Yes, you should. You, so there's, there's like this, there's like a, 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 a sort of a funnel on the, on the end of, I know you don't like me using the word surface area too much, but I, I can't help it because it's the way I think about everything. So like <laughs> there's, this, there's this funnel here where there's just a, a shitload of people and then there's the, the little parts which is like real specialization. So if you talk about Erlang, you're going down the slope, you know? If you talk about Tailwind, you're going up the slope. So I definitely think you should, you should, you should move towards or at least consider to do a big part of your... It's like investing. So it's like you're investing in like the, um, the bigger... You're doing like um, sort of high-risk, small investing or like just lowest common denominator investing. Mm -hmm. so I, I sort of think maybe you should do a mix of both, but and part of the reason why you want to do the the smaller stuff is because that gives you the cred and it makes people take you seriously. 
because it shows that you're kind of hardcore kind of guy you know wow this guy does erlang he does erlang debugging yeah. i mean that's well hardcore. i think i think erlang is also a more popular language than elixir like i think it's about five times this community size i mean if if that if that if that's big then that's great i think that's perfect i mean yeah to me so, so, th- this please. is a this is data proving that fact so you're so just to to clarify so you're saying like the big market like say javascript that's like super high risk high reward but something like niching further into elixir it's like uh um something that only a percentage of elixir programmers want that would be like very reliable but not much of a ceiling exactly yeah yeah i'm i may i may start doing some more series i'm going to make sure it's all useful for my current subscribers like i'm not going to do like something directly competitive with with elixir like for example i'm not going to do laravel or something like that but stuff they can use all right stuff to bring people into it yeah yeah but but there's there's also i mean i just don't see why you couldn't do something with javascript that was you know or or, or tailwind that wasn't specifically about elixir i mean i guess you i guess yeah i can then it would then it wouldn't be elixir camp but there must well, be some alchemist point. i named it alchemist for a reason yeah um yeah. Yeah, I just think the, do good, useful content, you know, good, just do good, useful content and bring them into your orbit. And there's probably some kind of profile of people who will be thinking about Elixir. Um, and if you can just bring them into your orbit. Yeah. Have you thought much about like what languages and frameworks are like really complementary with each other versus competitive? No. Okay. Cause this is, this is something I've thought about. It's like, let's say you're already a Python programmer or let's say you're already a Ruby programmer. Like what do you get if you learn PHP versus if you're already a Ruby programmer, what do you get if you learn C? Like they do yeah, different things sense. and you like, you'll often want to use them both together. So uh, for Elixir, it's not really that useful to also learn like uh, go, for example, they're not quite the same, but there's a huge overlap in what they do. Yeah. But for an Elixir programmer to learn, say, They're JavaScript, kind of solving similar problems. For an Elixir programmer to learn JavaScript, yeah. Like, or to learn Rust, actually, because the, the big thing about Elixir is it's so stable, um, but it's not that good at, like, uh, you know, tight loops where you, you've got, like, you really need everything you can wring out of the machine. Rust is good at that, and it's, like, famously safe. So if you can, you know, you can rewrite one tight loop in Rust, and then you don't have to worry about that failing and hurting your stable Elixir system. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the framework I was thinking for what is even rational to uh, to add into my existing channel. Obviously, if it's a new channel, you could just do anything. That makes a lot of sense. I I like that thinking. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's next? Uh, mental model. Yeah, well, I don't have too much more time. Um, I'm going to need to okay. wrap up pretty soon. But uh, yeah, if you want to do a mental model and then, we'll, and then we'll call it a day, just maybe just set our goals after that. And um, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Um, actually, let's just skip the mental model. Let's probably, like, I, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired too. So Okay, no worries. Yeah. We'll, I, will, I think we said what uh, needs to be said. I, I think we said what needs to be said. We don't, we don't need to, like, lay We need goals. We, yeah, we don't need to like labor the point and just make the show longer just because, you know, like 
if it's we like I'm to... sitting, like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, goal, so goals for me is um, I'm gonna I guess seven point one was where I was. I think that's the that's the number there. So I want to bring that number down to below seven. No, so six point something. If I, I'd actually be happy if I got it if I just stuck at seven. I'm seven point one if I took it to seven because every point is a big is is a big shift. So if I can get it from seven point one to seven, that's good. But really, my stretch goal is getting it below seven. So um, now, problem is, is I probably can't do that in one week because it, it's a two-week measure. It's a two-week measurement at a minimum. So let's just say from seven point one. Two-week goal. Yeah. Oh, can I do this two-week goal? Sure. I, I mean, for the next week, I'll just say I'm just going to try and I'm going to try and keep it to seven point one or get to seven by next week. Okay. Yeah. And then for the for the for the task flow. I want to be able to, because I started building it. I want to start dog fooding it. So I want to be able to add tasks and work with work with tasks, not necessarily strategies, just the basics like tasks, labels. Just get the basics working. Um, yeah, that's what that's that's my goal for that. So All just right. be able to add tasks and browse tasks. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to, so the health side, I'm going to run twice and do like weightlifting, body weight exercises twice. So two workouts, two runs. Then on the, uh, on the project side, I've basically done everything I can on the bureaucratic hassles side of things. Obviously if I, you know, once my visa is back, I'll do the next step, but that shouldn't take much time. So I'm going to focus back on Alchemist Camp again. And last week I spent some time learning uh, more Vue. Like I've, I've I got a, a Vue School membership on Black Friday. I'm going to continue on that. Like try to try to get through at least three four hours of material. And that's really it. Just like get get more recorded for Alchemist Camp. Um, the, the new site, the, the, uh, analytics site is that's, uh, still backburnered because I, I'm, I'm on the content treadmill, just got to keep cranking on, on Alchemist camp. Okay. That's good. All right. Well, Noble goals. Oh, one, one last thing. Sure. Is it, so did you have daylight savings time? Cause, cause you sent me a message like an hour. Yeah, I guess it, I guess that must have been. I, I was expecting to start at eight, and uh, we started an hour later. So, so, but, so what time next week? Nine is good. Just the same as okay. same as this week. But I'll I'll just remember that it's nine. All right, That's good. Sounds good. Then cheers. Till then, see ya. Okay, ciao.